Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hey, this is Mick Jones of Foreigner, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. History in Five Songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Martin Popoff here, back again for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcasts. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this vast and always growing Pantheon Podcast network. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right. This episode, uh, episode 76, we're going to call Singer Equals Band. Um, We'll get into it in a minute, but um, first I wanted to talk a little bit about episode 75, uh, which we called This Album's Too Long. And uh, as always, you know, our very smart Facebook uh, listeners, uh, people who are part of the History and Five Songs Facebook group, um, chimed in with a few things um, that I could have included that I missed, however you want to frame this. Uh, But I thought this was kind of interesting. So I wanted to uh, go through a few of these. So we had various ways that we looked at This Album's Too Long. Um, But there were some actual uh, normal long LPs that suffered in sound that were brought up. One of them, uh, Martin Olson brought up uh, Operation Mindcrime. Uh, Roberto Vega, a uh, big supporter of the show, uh, mentioned, come on, that's a masterpiece. Not one bad song there. B-sides are even better than the singles. Um, but yeah, the point there is that it was a, quite a long album uh, to be putting on vinyl. Uh, let's see, what else did we have here? Um, Joe Beck, uh mentioned kiss hot in the shade uh that was that was a good choice too that that was a little long uh, long for a kiss album and long for vinyl he also mentioned uh def leppard's hysteria 
Uh, let's see, what else did we have here? Um, there were also other three-sided albums mentioned, like um, uh, Joe Jackson. I'm not reading it here. Uh, what was that album called? Uh, the New World? This, something like that. Uh, but the, yeah, I remember a Joe Jackson three-sided album. That was kind of interesting. Um, let's see. Book of Souls, Roberto Vega also brings up. You know, we did talk about Iron Maiden albums and how, how most of those are too long. Um, but uh, but yeah, so there was there was some longer vinyl and then there were other examples mentioned uh tesla was mentioned as a band who who like you know great band i love tesla but they they really loaded up their cds as well uh let's see what else do we got here oh yeah yeah we we got into one of my crazy idea things here about being able to pair these albums back blaze barshaw big supporter of the show also wrote martin i love the focus group idea every other consumer product has that concept except music fans would love to volunteer to do it band egos would probably be a problem though i wrote him back i know priest a fan uh, you know i i, I suggest a fan could contribute 250 dollars to parkinson fund they get to come to the studio or be on a zoom call for an hour and tell the band what to do i said in caps here so yeah i, I thought that was pretty cool and i wanted to bring up that episode again and the crazy ideas episode because that leads us into uh this episode episode 76 singer equals band um but first off um so just a little background here um so so i've always believed this that the singer is super 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 important uh for the band and i tried to sort of analyze a little bit why i thought this and, he, and here's what i kind of came up with when it comes to the making of a record, here, here's here's what I consider important on, on a record. Tied for number one, lyrics and vocals. Okay, guess guess who usually does the um, the lyrics? That's usually the lead singer, uh, but not always. And that's going to come into play here when we talk about some of these examples. Um, so yeah, so, so for me on a record, tied for number one, lyrics and vocals. Number two, writing of the music. Number three, guitars. Number four, drums. Number five, bass. Maybe we can throw a number six in there, production. I'm a big production guy, of course, as well. Um, but yeah, that's the way I look at it. And then and then live, uh, you know, I didn't do the same list, but then I thought when you go to see a show uh, live, a band live, the songs are already written. The drums and the bass and the guitar and all that, it's all buried under the mud of all that crappy sound or whatever. What is important when you go see a band live? Uh, because you're standing there, um, you're in a crowd, you can't move, you know, you're, you're basically a, a captive audience for a while. Um, what is the most important thing? So tied for first place, I think, at a live show is the front man and the vocals. Because you're always wondering, can can the vocalist cut it live? So you're paying a lot of attention to the vocalist all the time. It's it's like a big mind game at a live show. It's like, how good is this guy gonna sing? And then what what you know, how how does this band keep you entertained? Well, everybody's got their hands full except the front man. So so here we go. On record tied for number one lyrics and vocals, live tied for number one front man and vocals. So I'm you know, and, and a lot of people I've I've definitely had a lot of discussions on Facebook with people and blah 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 or or you know, just hanging around. Um you know, a lot of people don't think lyrics are a very important thing. I think lyrics is a hugely, hugely important thing because this is 
literally what the band is directly saying to you on a record across those 10 songs. Uh, it's it's super important. It's it's the whole subject matter. It's the whole, uh, you know, intellectual, philosophical environment of the band is, is wrapped up in the... Um, is wrapped up really in the in the lyrics more than anything. You could go abstract and say a lot of the you know philosophy of the band or the mood or emotion is in the music, but I think lyrics it's just really really obvious. So there you go. Now, the second reason we are doing well, actually the main reason we are doing this episode is this debacle that just came up with uh, with Alcatraz. Um, so I recently picked uh, the Born Innocent album on uh, on Banger TV on our Overkill Reviews, you know, panel of uh, people who do shows there. I picked Born Innocent as the best album of 2020. And then lo and behold, right after, Graham Bonnet is no longer in Al- Alcatraz. He has a falling out with management, I suppose. Um, I haven't heard the whole details. I'm, I'm buddies with the manager, and I, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm kind of an acquaintance of Graham's, and I'm acquaintance of the new guy that came in, Doogie, um, Doogie White as well. Um, but uh, so, so, anyways, there's going to be, as it stands, who knows if this lasts, but as it stands, uh, Alcatraz is the is the current band who made Born Innocent plus Doogie White as singer. Uh, Doogie, as you know, was on that last Rainbow album, uh, or Richie Blackmore's Rainbow album. Uh, There was a similar sort of, you know, quote-unquote debacle with Doogie singing for Tank. He's been part of the Michael Schenkerfest thing. He was part of an awesome band called Cornerstone. He's an awesome guy and an awesome singer and and a talented guy. Um, And so Graham apparently is going to go on and do almost like a competing version of Alcatraz. So... You know, I I went and innocently asked the question on Facebook. I said, simple question, what percentage, and I did the underscore thing, fill in the number, what percentage of Alcatraz is Graham Bonnet? You know, I I personally thought 70%, um, but people were saying 80, 90, 110, 165. You know, basically every single answer was super, super high, and it just looked like, okay, it's obviously Graham, it's obvious that Graham Bonnet is Alcatraz. Um, Anyways, let's um let's discuss this uh this exact topic a little further, but let's get into our first song, which of course, uh predictably is Alcatraz from this Born Innocent album. Take a listen to this. This is Paper Flags. All right, so awesome song, awesome album. I picked it as my favorite album. So, so here's the thing. Um, you know, you 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 really can't take the Graham Bonnet out of Alcatraz. This is just one of these that proves how important the the singer is. Now, it's the singer, it's the lyricist. I mean, the the lyrics that Alcatraz has come up with over time are so cool and so important. And then you've got this dynamo of a singer, distinct looking guy with the short hair, really really cool voice. Um, amazingly, at seventy two, I think going on seventy three, something like that. Um, you know, I just saw him with uh, Michael Schenker Fest, and I could not believe how great he was live he was literally 
possibly well robin mccauley was pretty amazing as well gary barden's kind of losing his voice a little bit god love him um and doogie doogie was great too but uh you know maybe robin was the greatest technically up there but graham graham and doogie were pretty much tied and uh, and graham it's pretty amazing that that he has that kind of power in his voice at this age and and he could hit hit the uh notes so so the singing the voice which as you know i consider two separate things uh, the lyrics um, and just the whole the whole mindset of Alcatraz being this kind of intellectual band that will write about fresh things that's super super important. Now you know you might say obviously they've changed guitarists over time and there there's been very distinct guitarists. It went from Engve to Steve Vai to Danny Johnson to Joe Stump, um, but. The point of the matter is is the the constant across all of those is Graham and and again I I, I don't want to you know essentially Alcatraz without Graham Bonnet is is not Alcatraz Alcatraz is seventy percent of Alcatraz is Graham Bonnet that's what I think so you know um, I'll just read you a few comments here when I when I pop this on the thing so Andrew Theo said uh, this won't uh, bride well for the current version now with Graham saying he's continuing and that he's Alcatraz unless Giles who's Giles Lavery um, the manager was able to secure the use of the Alcatraz name after all two original members in this version Steve McNary says happy for Doogie he's a nice man met him at Michael Shanker tour solid singer very true um, Giles says let's let the music sort it out happy face um Greg McClellan dual dual dueling Alcatraz Queensrack to uh, Queensrack tours on the rise and clash of the trademarks tour 2021 further proof the universe is fragmenting Adam Morris I actually like the two Queensrikes and the two Stixes each case the original singer is touring and focusing on the classics and the band has continued with the great replacement uh John Gaffney says Doogie is an amazing singer but Alcatraz without Graham just doesn't make any sense at least for me um Adam Dolan I hate it when bands do this stuff there isn't a very big audience left for one Alcatraz let alone two uh Adam Dolan uh, again Alcatraz without Graham in other words New England um what else doogie is so wrong for alcatraz weirdly i always thought the modern graham bonnet was tim ripper owens i hear the essence of bonnet's commanding voice all through owens best work oh uh, let's see what else uh, so there you go and then on my regular facebook page we had we had a ton of those answers where you know they did fill in the bank blank of the um of, of the thing there so so yeah there you go. Alcatraz, massive, massive uh, case of this. Now, as usual in, in history and in five songs, you know, every every example I bring up, I'm, I'm going to say kind of a different thing about it, and they have a different dynamic. Um, let's go on to the next one. Take a listen to this. This is Yes with It Was All We Knew. All right, so the yes situation, uh, different situation. So give you a little bit of a history. Let's go way back. Um, I, one of my favorite yes albums of all time is Drama, and lo and behold, John Anderson is not in the band. It's Trevor Horn singing. He sounds exactly like John Anderson, uh, even more like John Anderson than John does. Amazing, amazing album. One of my favorite yes albums. Never had a problem with it. Um, 
But, you know, I'm receiving that thing at uh, 17 years old, 18 years old at the time. Um, you know, I, I don't even remember really considering it all that much. Um, you know, shocking, you know, the singer's different, blah, blah, blah. I, I just loved the album. I thought it was really cool. I thought the way Machine Messiah kicked in, that was probably one of the heaviest things Yes ever did. Um, as you know, I'm a big Yes guy. I do have a Yes book called Time and a Word, which is a timeline in quotes thing that you could get at martinpopoff.com. Um, let's see. So so what happened? So what is the history of this? Um, so yeah, obviously John Anderson uh, is yes. He's so much of yes. He's so much of the oeuvre of yes and those those weird cult-like lyrics, those, those, those kind of happy, odd, obscure uh, lyrics that he does. Very, very hippy-dippy. But anyways, um, so June 22nd, 2011, Yes has an album. John Anderson has this suspicious respiratory problem. It reminds you a little bit of the Brian Johnson situation um, and a little bit, sadly, of the Dan McCafferty, which is obviously a very, very true situation. Um, but uh, so they so they get a singer in from a Quebec um, yes, cover band. Uh, I believe they were called Close to the Edge. Benoit David. He's in for one album. He has a respiratory illness and he has to quit the band. I don't think he was fired. I think he had to quit the band. Um, so Yes was without a singer again. Now, now I remember interviewing the band at this time. Um, I was not happy about the situation because one of the reasons when I think this doesn't work is when one of the guys isn't writing and he's only in on the writing credits on one song. I believe it's the last song in the album. Um, so we move on let's see so yeah so he joined uh 2008 and and he and he was playing you know he was kind of with the band for a long time leading up to that album so that's kind of cool but um july 17th 2014 they have another studio album out called heaven and earth and this has a guy named john davison in the band uh, as the lead singer um you know i'm receptive to this thing i guess again to see how it goes but what what i think is so important this time again this idea of singer equals band and i'm i'm thinking essentially that it is working at this point is that he's a super talented guy he has a past he's not he's not crazy young he has a john anderson like voice he's also kind of hippy dippy and kind of like delicate you know kind of kind of dude like john anderson in a way although john anderson <laughs> it's funny his his voice and his stage presence and his lyrics are kind of like way different than than kind of the way he is um anyways um so they put out this album heaven and earth and the big difference here this time is that he leading up to it again was in the band for a long time but he really really participated in the writing he wrote a lot of stuff for this he's in on the credits of seven out of eight songs he's a guitarist as well he's a talented dude um and that's what i like um unfortunately what you know what i really would have liked has not played out yet because that's 2014 it's six going on seven years later um and there hasn't been another yes album but what i've always maintained is this is a little bit like you know i always compared this to the queensrike situation and i didn't want to use queensrike in this uh episode uh, for this because i i talked about um todd latour back in the um the episode that was about bands who could go on for 300 years or whatever i called it the 300 year anniversary tour um because uh that is a situation where again it's a little bit like the john davison where you get a guy coming in he's uh he's talented todd is a drummer he's a great singer they make this cool heavy album and i think he could replace jeff tate even though those are really big uh, shoes to replace but I think he can do it and I think John Davison could do the same thing um, 
But, and, and again, it's because, um, you know, I what I don't like uh, when a singer equals band situation doesn't work, um, because I'm saying singer equals band, when it doesn't equal, or, or when, when you replace the singer and it doesn't work is when you consider the guy an intellectual lightweight. Um, and that's when he's not writing, certainly when he's not writing the lyrics. I mean, that's, that's a big kind of horror story in itself, I think. Um, because that voice and those lyrics go together. Um, but yeah, so this is one I was, I was hoping there would have been more albums by now. And then, and then that gives you a, um, you know, an anchor, a a solid base where this guy is there. It gives you a track record and he's in there writing and they tour, blah, blah, blah. And, and things are all great. But so far I'm, I'm fine with the whole idea of John, uh, Davison. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's take a short break and we'll be right back. All right, back again here on History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff. This is episode 76, Singer Equals Band. So here's another one. I almost spun this into an episode, uh, and, I, and I still might in some way. Um, but um, here's the idea of a singer equaling a band where the lead singer is a star and, uh, and takes off and, and, and decimates the band. The, ba- the band doesn't even exist anymore, and the singer goes on to be a solo star situation. So let's take a listen to this uh, song, first of all. This is Billy Squire with What Do You Want From Me from Don't Say No. This is his second album, 1981. Take a listen. All right, so uh, so this also kind of ties in with this other episode idea I had, um, which I'll probably do, um, although it's a little bit of a negative episode, but um, this idea of when we're massive, massive, massive music fans, uh, you, you have a bar so high that you say, oh, I love that band, and, and all of a sudden, three quarters of all bands are, are above the line and only a few are below. Um, so so I, had this, I had this thought that came to me that... Um, Wow, Billy Squire. It's kind of interesting and odd and unexpected, but Billy Squire is actually better than Piper. And then I thought, Billy Idol is actually better than Generation X. Generation X, I love those album covers, and I look at them, and you think that they're going to be this awesome band because Billy Idol came from them, and they're crap. Um, and Piper, not so great. I mean, Billy Squire is actually heavier, more dynamic. There's more going on, obviously more hits. Um so the idea here uh, on the singer equals band idea is that um, we're underscoring the importance of that because here the singer basically causes the band to go into a black hole. The singer swallows up the band. The band is gone. Um, it's decided by management, singer alike, label. Everybody knows who the star in the band is. So that so the guy has gone on and had this great success. So so Billy actually the first album. Tale of the Tape didn't do that great, but Don't Say No went triple platinum, then he had a double platinum, then he had a single platinum. So Billy Squire had a big career. Um, and and it was heavy and dynamic, and he used and he used Mac as a producer, so the production had that that queen slap to it from Hot Space, right? Um, and so, so um, interesting dude. Um, 
and and proved himself to be uh, you know he he's kind of like a a, a um, pomp rock hair metal pre hair metal version of Robert Plant a little bit effeminate remember they they had the notorious video where they say it ruined his career it's one of these funny things uh, what song is that I I can't remember but I can picture the video in my head and he's kind of flouncing around you know and and they and it's one of these apocryphal stories where the video you know is said to have ruined his career wow um, anyways cool guy. Um, thoughtful guy, great writer, a little bit of a recluse, actually. Um, got to interview him once. It was really cool. Um, but, uh, and because I did one of those old Yale Metal essays on Piper, and as I was doing that essay, I mean, I remember the first thing I got on the line with him. He said, well, you know, this, uh, you know, this is called Yale Metal. You know, I was kind of heavier than Billy Squire. And, and it's true, he was. And, that, and that's kind of the point. So, um, so yeah, this is, the, so the idea here in Singer Equals Band is Singer decimates band um so we've got these two situations and i thought of another one uh, a little bit like that is is john Waite and the babies although i think the babies was an awesome awesome band i love the babies but i love john Waite's solo music as well um you know most of his career there's some there's some kind of egregious 90s or you know 80s productions in there in at one point but the but the initial phases with ignition and later on um downtown or whatever that thing was called like his later music is amazing and his, and his early solo music is amazing um and not so much in the middle missing you is a great song um but that was another one where the lead singer just kind of took off and said you know this is the john Waite show another one that's kind of a little bit like that Stephen wilson taken off um you know porcupine tree you know you with you would have thought maybe that the the hot tip the hot career move would be keep porcupine tree going um but uh and and be Stephen Wilson also but anyways so there you go so so that's that's an example where the singer kind of takes over the band let's go to track number four take a listen to this this is Thin Lizzy with It's Getting Dangerous he's gotta work it out all alone now who in the world would believe he's got another trick up his sleeve Now, I wanted to pick Thin Lizzy as an example of where obviously it will just never, ever work. I mean, there's just so much, so much importance attached to Phil. This is a little bit like the Alcatraz example, but I wanted to show Phil in all his glory here. I was going to play something where John Sykes is singing live or uh, or Ricky Warwick is singing live, but that's the other reason I wanted to pick this one. So number one, singer equals band. Thin Lizzy is is Phil Linet. I mean, in so many ways, frontman, vocalist, lyrics. He's even the bass guitarist as a bonus. Um, but you know, lyrics is so so important. I think with this band, as is everything else. Um, so so Phil is so crazy crazy important in this band. You know, and and to his detriment, he actually. Um, you know, I just recently uh, interviewed Snowy White, and he said Phil wanted to be a rock star at the end, and it was very annoying. So Phil actually went off and tried to be a solo artist at the same time but heroin was all involved in the whole thing anyways uh, as well right so you know judgment is clouded um but uh but he he is thin lizzy but i wanted to pick this one to uh, to also drive home the point of the of the absolute um you know revolt or riot that took place when when they tried to be thin lizzy 
without um, without Phil. Uh, you know, the fans basically rejected the whole thing, although I saw them live and it was kind of cool. I saw them live with John Sykes, but then later on, low-key, they went out with uh, with Ricky uh, Warwick. But to 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 their credit, um, you know, they, they essentially decided, you know, we're going to be a band on our own. We did, and they did Black Star Riders, right? So, so the, and, and, and many studio albums and, and not playing Thin Lizzy stuff live and all that kind of stuff, which, which is kind of cool. So they, so they did eventually come out of their shell and say, we have an identity, we have to move on. But again, this is just another graphic example of how important, um, the, the lead singer is in a band. I mean, imagine, you know, Led Zeppelin without Robert Plant or Rush without Getty or UFO without Phil. Um, these are, you know, there's there's dozens and dozens and dozens of examples that drive this home. Okay, moving on. Our last choice here. Take a listen to this. This is Alice in Chains with So Far Under. If I All right, so here's an example of uh, of the difficult task of making it work. We know there's been a lot of them throughout the years, Bruce Dickinson, Brian Johnson, blah, blah, blah. But Alice in Chains is kind of an interesting one because um, they, they did all the right things to make this work and they had some things put in place to make it work. Number one, their old lead singer died. So there's no, there's no choice if you're going to carry on. Um, it's not like there was a big falling out in a spat and he was fired or he quit or whatever. Uh, it, it's essentially, we... Um, he died. If we're going to carry on at all, uh, we needed a new lead singer. Number two, they waited a long, long, long time uh, to put this thing back together. I thought that was kind of cool. And they also even waited a long time for Lane when he was still alive and, uh, and tried to tried to fix things and make it work and help Lane. Uh, number two, they got this guy in, William Duval, who had a great track record of his own with, uh, with Comes With The Fall. Um, really talented guy. Great voice. He's in there uh, helping with the writing, and he's also a, a guitarist. Um, so this is kind of cool. Um, the other reason it works is that um, is that Jerry Cantrell also is a lead singer of the band, and he also even was a, a singer, you know, back then uh, somewhat. And he had those great solo albums. So Jerry, and and he's the guitarist, and he's the writer, and he's the leader of the band. So that so that's fine. So the lead singer is not the lead the, the leader of this band. Also, that's a, that's another important thing to say here. So and and then the band is stable uh, with with the rest of the guys as well. But the neat thing is is in a live situation, you've got these two guys sharing lead vocals as they do on the albums, and they also both play guitar. William Duval is uh, you know quote unquote the rhythm guitarist, right? Uh, so that's amazing. That that all works well. And the other thing that's great about this is unlike yes, they've they've already um, you know cranked out three studio albums, solid, really cool albums. Black gives way to blue, two thousand nine. Devil put dinosaurs here, two thousand thirteen, and Rainier Fog. 2018 um so that's cool um they've established a track record they they don't have two lead singers across those albums except for jerry and and william but i mean you know they didn't switch anybody um so it's been stable so here's all the different ways that you can make this difficult difficult task uh work 
So singer equals band. Uh, I still believe singer equals band, but you can, you can, if you're, if you're forced out of this situation, you obviously can make it work. Wow. So there you go. So there's, uh, there's your five examples of this one. If you liked this show and want to uh, support uh, me continuing on doing this and future episodes, you can go to Kofi, rhymes with no fee.com uh, slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button. Uh, buy me a coffee or a pint. They have this kind of $3 thing, um, which is great. Um, and a one-time thing. There's no signing up, and you're you're like on doing this all the time. It's just whenever you kind of want to, which is kind of cool. On that front, I want to thank uh, just in overnight actually Jamie Laszlo. Thank you, Jamie. Uh, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, Roberto Vega, Bruce Campbell, John Cosio, uh, Alejandra, Todd Bookman, uh, Joe Beck from Bel Air Expediting, Colston Veer, David Fisher, uh, Drug Free Athletes Coalition. Uh, Kevin Latham, Jason Leonard, Blaze Barshaw, and Jeremy French. And as usual, you can go to martinpopoff.com for all your book needs. I wanted to, uh, part of putting Thin Lizzy in here, I wanted to celebrate that they have this awesome, awesome new box set out. But also, uh, recently, I just put out a big, thick, uh, you know, heavy-duty hardcover coffee table book on Thin Lizzy, 400 images in there, detailed timeline. So you can get that from martinpopoff.com within a day or two or three. It's probably still enough time to get it uh, to someone for Christmas if you want me to sign it for someone else. Um, and, you know, a bunch of other stuff available there as well. Basically, anything that's in print is is there. So out of my 90-odd books or whatever... There's probably 50 or 60 titles that are available, martinpopoff.com. Thank you very much. Um, I'm actually kind of ready for my next episode already. It's going to be something based around Southern Rock, I think. Um, Don't hold me to that. I may change my mind. Sometimes I come up with these episodes, and uh, and by the time I think about them too much, uh, the enthusiasm wanes and I move on. Um, But anyways, that's the plan right now. So thanks again. Uh, Talk to you next time. Bye for now. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at R&R Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett. 
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 